What's up, Duke fans? Welcome to the Devil's Den podcast. I'm your host, Josh Smith, joined by my co-host, Raul and Shu. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to be a part of this interview, but um, we do have some special guests today. We have John Watson from the Devil's Den coming back to join us. And uh, really thankful to John for setting this up. We were also able to bring in uh, Coach Jay Lucas, new assistant coach on the Duke staff. Uh, So he sits down with the guys for about 30 minutes or so, and they kind of get into it. You know, he talks about his family pride and roots in Durham and what that means to him, his relationship with Coach Shire, uh, some of the experiences he's had at Texas and Kentucky, recruiting duties. They talk a lot about NIL and the portal and what that's going to look like going forward. Uh, And then they even get into some fun stuff. They talk about some tennis competitions and some basketball games among the staff. Really great interview. And uh, I'll get out of the way and we'll jump into it. Yeah. So the first thing I wanted to ask you about is to talk a little bit about your background. So I know, of course, you've got deep ties to Durham and you've also got a deep tie to basketball in general. So if you could just kind of tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, you know, basketball is kind of my family business. That's kind of what I grew grew up around. And it's kind of, you know, the one thing that my dad passed down to me and my brother um, is basketball and tennis. So I grew up in Houston, Texas. My father played basketball growing up. Um, he was the first pick in the draft. He went to the University of Maryland. Um, he played in the NBA for 14 years. And he also, while doing that um, at Maryland, was a tennis All-American. And then he played professionally also in tennis, like his offseason, <laughs> while playing in the NBA. Uh, so that's kind of what he passed down to me and my brother. Um, and then once he was done playing, he got into coaching. So his first coaching job was with the Spurs under Tarkanian and then Tarkanian quit. And so then he took over, um, and they had a good run. And then he left and went to Philadelphia and coached the Sixers for a couple of years. He was president, general manager and head coach of the Sixers. Um, and then when he got fired from that job, he, was an assistant for the Nuggets, and then he got in the head coaching job again in Cleveland. And so that is kind of how I grew up, um, just bouncing around following him. And then my brother, uh, who's six years older than me, John Lucas III, he played his collegiate basketball at Baylor and at Oklahoma State. At Baylor, he was there when they had the incident with the one teammate killing another. Um, so he got his immediate eligibility to go to Oklahoma State, where they went to the Final Four uh, his first year there. And actually, Duke was in the Final Four that year, uh, UConn and Georgia Tech uh, in San Antonio. And then he ended up playing in the NBA for 10 years. Um, and now he's coaching. He's coached with the Lakers. He's coached with the Timberwolves uh, in player development role. Uh, so growing up, basketball was always everywhere around us. And I think you know, the one thing I always appreciate my father for is that he always didn't push it on us, um, you know, for it to be such a big part and it to be around. He kind of let us fall in love with it on our on our own. And I think that's kind of why we made a career path out of it. 
uh, both me and my brother along with playing. But I think that's why it kind of got us to where we are um, now. Um, and that's something, you know, the one thing I've always said, uh, being a father now, is that that's one of the greatest things you can leave your son or leave a child is, is some type of trait that you can pass out, some type of trait that you can learn. You know, some people, if you're a farmer, you teach your kids how to farm. You know, if you do stuff like that, you kind of give them something. And he, he gave us the ability to be able to teach, um, understand, and study the game of basketball. And so you didn't grow up in Durham at all, but did you come to visit here? Because I know your grandfather has deep ties to the area. Yeah, so both my parents are from Durham. Um, my mom and my dad, they've known each other since they were eight. So they went to school all through together. They both graduated from Hillside High School, where my grandfather was the principal. And my grandmother was their English teacher and guidance counselor. Um, so my grandfather in Durham, I always teach my dad, he's bigger than my dad in Durham. Um, with everything that he did in education, with education, um, integrating schools, um, the board of education with the state, and especially the National Board of Education. Um, he's president of Shaw University. He has a middle school named after him in North Durham, Lucas Middle School. Um, so he is a pretty big deal. And then my mother's side of the family uh, is just huge. So I have like 75 cousins, aunts, uncles wow. here. Um, she went to North Carolina Central. She was Miss North Carolina Central. Um, her family runs uh, Mount Zion Christian Academy and school uh, in Durham. And so, yeah, my ties to Durham are deep. I've came, come here every summer since I can remember until I started playing AU basketball until about high school. But we were here almost every summer. So we let your, we let your dad get away to Maryland. So yeah. who, who, who was the Duke coach? So would that have been uh, Boobis? I, I don't know. I think you... it was. I think yeah. it was Boobis. Okay. All right. Uh, but he, um, he, I'm going to say this, and as I probably frowned upon, he wanted to go to North Carolina. Um, Understandable. But, but Dean Smith told him, because he grew up watching Charlie Scott. So like okay. Charlie Scott was, sure. you know, his, yeah. you know, the top of the top. Uh, but Dean Smith told him there's no way because his year was the first year freshman could play on the varsity. Um, so Dean Smith told him there's no way he's going to play in front of George Carl. So once he heard that, that kind of killed it. And then he went to Maryland and okay. the rest is history. Mm -hmm. That's what, uh, Bill Guthridge told Jason Williams regarding Ronald Curry. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. Ouch. Well, it does work out for everybody. So. <laughs> right. So. And how much did your connection to the area play into your decision to take the job at Duke? I mean, I imagine quite a lot, but yeah, it was that. And how much of it was your relationship with Shire? I would say it was about a 50-50 split. Um, maybe even 60-40 more Durham than Shire. <laughs> but, okay, okay. Uh, you know, um, it just felt like the right time in my career, in my life. Uh, this was more of a, a life decision than it was just a pure basketball. My grandfather's 102. Mm -hmm. um, he's in a nursing home here. Uh, my parents both don't live here. They're both in Texas. Um, it was something that just drew me to Durham of kind of being able to keep my family's name alive here for some of the stuff that they've done and being able to get in the community and keep, you know, just the tradition here in Durham. 
and then when I met Coach Shire, I known him because we grew up playing against each other. But you know, going through the process and stuff, really getting to know him, it was kind of like the cherry on top. Yeah, I was I was going to ask about that. You guys are, I believe, one class apart. Uh, yep. And yep. so um, you being a McDonald's All American, John was highly recruited as well. Did you guys play on the like AAU circuit against each other? Any? We did. So okay. my first, I was playing up uh, my junior year. And my first ever game on the what you would call like the EYBL now was against John. Okay. So that was our first time. My first ever game was playing against John at Boo Williams. Uh, they end up beating it. They end up beating it. Okay. Does he yeah, hold that over? <laughs> yeah, he sure. does. He brings I'm it up. Sure. <laughs> he brings it up every now and then because, you know, he's ultra that's John. competitive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's John. So okay. um, he does bring it up. But that was my first game. Um, and so ever since then, you know, you go to school, but getting into coaching um, and kind of having similar backgrounds of being, you know, like you're saying, good players, working at your alma maters as your first job. You know, you kind of tie into each other, relate to each other um, and, you know, kind of view each other's career paths. So that's kind of, you know, how we stay connected, even though I wouldn't say we were like super close, but we kind of were always around. So. That that kind of brings up the next question of, you know, what was his pitch to join the staff? Um, and, and when did he kind of, you know, approach you about the possibility? Because it seemed like, you know, they had the the run to the final four and then there really wasn't a lot going on. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, you know, boom, this is happening. Uh, it was it kind of just happened naturally. It happened kind of organic. Uh, we were in Orlando in the April period for a AAU tournament. Uh, we end up sitting next to us. Like we're at a 15 under game. Uh, and we end up sitting next to each other and we just kind of talked and connected. Um, and then, uh, you know, he just kind of said he'd love to talk to me more about something. I didn't know what it was, but, you know, he said he wanted to connect and talk to me more about it. Uh, and then when we sat down and kind of talked to each other, uh, you know, more about, what he was thinking and what was going on. Um, it just more and more started to feel like the thing to do. Yeah. Was there any hesitancy on your part? I mean, UK is obviously a great program in its own right. Mm -hmm. And just to kind of make another change like that, cause you'd been at Texas before and then you go to UK and, or yeah. did it just feel like the time? Uh, it wasn't, it felt like the right thing. Um, timing wise wasn't great. Cause I, I hadn't been at Kentucky, you know, for too long. So it wasn't, I wasn't looking to leave. I wasn't looking to go anywhere. Um, I love working for Cal. I love Kentucky. Um, I love, you know, the players that were the team we had coming back. So it wasn't like anything I was looking to do. It just felt like the right move and the right thing to do uh, when I really thought about it. Uh, you know, for what I want to get to in my next step, but also kind of where basketball is going and where college basketball is going. I thought it gave me the opportunity to be with someone who I see as the new generation of coach. Yeah. And so your position, your official position is assistant coach, correct? Yes. And so what does that actually entail for people who are listening who might not have a clear picture? I mean, because there's so many duties involved in coaching, whether it's right. recruiting, game planning, all that stuff. So what are you doing kind of on a day-by-day -day basis? I always tell people like the first job of a assistant coach is literally what the name 
says, like, I am here to assist the head coach and whatever he needs. Cause you know, it, you can get tied into a lot of stuff, but you know, I'm, I am there, you know, have, with recruiting, of course, um, daily communication with recruits on campus, off campus visits, stuff like that. Then helping with the team, um, and their families and our guys and getting better, uh, working with the guards and helping them, you know, get better and view film and then working on defense for getting prepared for who we're playing and how we should guard and things like that. So it just kind of, it really comes to how the head coach wants to delegate things and pass it down. I've got a question about the recruiting, if you don't mind. No, um, of course. You know, obviously Duke and Kentucky and, and Texas even, you guys yep. all, all kind of run in the same circle of recruiting, you know, the high major guys. Mm -hmm. um, and you've recruited against Duke for several years. Now you're recruiting for Duke. You know, when you were on the other side of the fence, what were your impressions of of Duke? And, you know, how do you kind of use the experience of recruiting against Duke, you know, going forward now that you're recruiting for Duke? I mean, you know, maybe that's to whether it's parrying, you know, other pitches that may be against you guys or, you know, just how do you guys approach that having been on the other side? Because it's, it's pretty rare since, um, you know, for the last, what, guys, 25 years, it's always been guys who played for Coach K coming yeah. in? Well, I think uh, it's two things. Um, one thing, you always have a tremendous respect for Duke and everything Coach K has done here. Uh, and you know that the opportunity to play here, the opportunity to um, just be a part of what Duke, Univers Duke University brings as a whole with the academics and the athletics, that is you know, that speaks to every kid, but also speaks to a certain kid, too. Um, so, you know, that's something that you also have to take into place. And then, you know, the one thing about it is when you're trying to recruit those high level, let's say one and done or top 10 kids, it's only a few places they can go. You know what I mean? A few places that they're looking to go. You'll have a local school, which, you know, when I was at Texas, let's say it'll be Texas. Um, or like you'll get these mixed like a Kay Cunningham or a Tyrese Maxey, those type of kids. Then other schools going to be either Kentucky or Duke. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that has always been, you know, the uh, biggest part of recruiting when looking at it from that point of view is just trying to figure out how can you overcome something that really has little flaws. <laughs> so, you know, that's been the biggest part of in, in trying to figure it out. And then, you know, just coming – you know, the one thing I give John the benefit of is he wasn't afraid to do something different. Like we talked about in hiring me and not being there for 25 years and just bringing different perspectives. You know, a lot of people, everybody here basically has paid for Coach K um, and worked under him. So, you know, it, it's obviously they know how he's done it and, and, and what to do and how it's been run that way, but also just giving the outside perspective on certain things that may hit some may hit some may miss but just being able to give different views i think is something that's been beneficial do they do any kind of like just nonchalant hazing of you because you're the outside guy you know on the staff here <laughs> no everybody's been great okay everybody's been great uh they have not uh maybe like you know as the season goes on maybe <laughs> but so far not yet aside right. from bringing up aau games from 15 years right. ago Right, well, and the first game of the year last year, they bring that up every now and then. Did well, you? They didn't bring up the Zion game from a couple years ago. 
Yeah. No, well, no, you weren't, no, no, I wasn't there. He wasn't there then. Yeah. yeah. He was still in Texas, right? Did you <laughs> yeah. play on the Texas team or maybe you had, maybe you were sitting out that year as a transfer I, in the I was. NCAA I was sitting tournament? Out that year. Yeah. Okay. I was sitting out that year uh, so when they played. Play. Yeah. I want to say they played in Greensboro, maybe. Somewhere like that. So I think first it was or second round. Yeah. Should have been. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Second round. Second yep. round. Yep. Yeah. That actually brings up, uh, I wanted to ask you about transferring from Florida to Texas and you know if that kind of gives you any insight into what players might be thinking who are kind of unhappy with their role or playing time or maybe gives you a little bit of ability to talk to them and say here's what I went through yeah I think at least uh I think yes it does I say I would say the one thing now with this new transfer portal it's kind of changed the whole dynamic of transfer you know when I transferred uh, back in college, it was something, you know, that was like, you weren't ashamed of, but you weren't like, um, excited about it. You know what I mean? It kind of was like a, it's kind of like in a sense, you know, let you fail. I think now with this transfer portal and stuff, like it's almost like a badge of honor, you know, people are putting out top fives and all this stuff and every kid is different. But I think with the, the rule change, um, some of the stuff that came with transferring when I did it is a little bit different, but I think still some of the mentality of coming to a new place, having to fit in with a new coach, uh, new teammates, and some of those things that you have to navigate um, is still the same. So I think that's some of the stuff that I am able to kind of connect with them with and, and talk to them about. Yeah, it almost seems like it's a whole new kind of avenue of recruiting. I don't know how much you guys talk about that as, you know, a way to get experienced players who have kind of, you've already seen them play at the college level. They've already proven themselves on some level, you know, versus bringing in a bunch of high school players who might be highly ranked, but you really have no idea how they're going to transition. Right. Exactly. Um, and I think that's the thing that it like, it'll be beneficial for us this year with who we brought in. Um, you know, Jacob Granderson has been great. Um, Ryan Young has been great. Kale, Catchings, and Max Johns, you know, they're great for practice and great for, you know, just the maturity and having scars of what's going on. So, you know, it all depends on how you use it. I don't think we'll ever get to a place where we'll be fully just all transfers or anything like that. We're still going to try to recruit the best players, but there will also be a need for them when it comes to the maturity um, and when it comes to the things of that nature. I guess that's a good segue to talk about this year's team. You know, it's a young team. It's a big team. Um, what are your impressions overall? Is there anything that's kind of surprised you or anything that's jumped out? Uh, I think the biggest thing is just how hard they play and how hard they compete. Um, you know, that's the one thing that has really jumped out. You never know, one, with highly regarded people, <laughs> and two, with such a young team. You know, sometimes those are the things you have to kind of get them to do. Um, and I think the group we have this year has it naturally. Uh, so, you know, that's always one of the hardest steps before anything is making sure that they play hard and compete uh, every possession. And so far with practice and everything we've done, we've been able to do that. And then the stuff that goes into coaching and having to coach them up, it makes it a lot easier because you can just focus on that. You're not, which one thing as a coach you never want to do is have to teach effort. And we're not having to do that at all. Well, that's certainly nice to hear because, you know, we only returned one real player mm -hmm. from last year's team and he's a junior. So you you run the risk of losing that kind of that culture, not the culture, but 
just somebody that to teach the young guys, you know, this is the way we do things here. Um, and to have so many veterans coming from other programs, you know, of course, uh, Ryan comes from, from Northwestern where, where one of our former, uh, players was the coach. So, you know, maybe he still has that kind of instilled in him because I'm sure Collins was teaching, uh, the same things at Northwestern. So it's nice to hear that for sure. Yep, yep, and 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 we got the right group of transfers as I was speaking to earlier with Ryan and Jacob. Um, you know, both of them are, are cut from that cloth. Um, and then Jeremy uh, Roach has done a great job this summer and this fall of just leading. Um, I think his final four run, um, what he did in the tournament, has given him a lot of confidence, and he's carried over. Yeah, he seems to be really aggressive with his offense, from what I've seen. Yes, yes, he has been, and we will need him to be. Um, you know, I think he has a chance to be one of the best guards in the country and we're kind of holding him to that standard. And mm-hmm. so far he has, uh, 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 he's lived up to it. So, you know, we just got to continue to empower him and, and, and remind him this is his team. And that you know, the one thing about him is he works. So everybody sees that. So he, that's kind of the way it's, it hasn't been given to him. He's earned it in his teammates. Mind. I've got a question about some of the big guys. Um, you know, obviously Derek Lively's the the kind of the crown jewel of the class, consensus number one player. How would you kind of compare him to some of the bigs you've worked with in the past? I mean, I believe you worked with like Mo Bamba, Jared Allen, those yep. kind of guys. How would you yeah, kind of he, compare him? You know, like he's a unique talent. Um, you know, he kind of reminds me a lot of Jackson Hayes with a jump shot. Um, just his fluidity and moving and catching the ball and running. Uh, his energy he plays with, the way he can protect the rim, the lob threat, but then also he can pick and pop and hit a three and shoot a three. Um, and, you know, he's one of those guys I was talking about. He's one of those guys that competes every possession. You know, he plays with passion. He plays with a spirit. So that just makes it, uh, you know, even better when he's going to be, hopefully be one of your best players. It seems like you'll be able to throw out a lot of different looks. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you have Ryan Young is kind of that more traditional back to the basket score. You have Kyle Filipowski with his kind of passing and dribbling, you know, and then you have Mark Mitchell, who's like, he's kind of a wing, but he could probably play some four or something. Seems like a versatile group. Yeah, very versatile. Um, and you can put it in a bunch of different lineups with how we want to play and what we want to do. Um, you know, you can be really big and some of the stuff we can do, uh, because we have a bunch of guys that can dribble, pass and shoot. Um, so that makes it, you know, a, a very fun style of basketball, especially on the offense. Today. And how much of a challenge has it been with sort of the lack of continuity over the summer? Cause you had Proctor come in late. You have Grandison recovering from an injury. Now you have Whitehead going out. Uh, I think the biggest thing has just been a basketball, just getting accustomed to playing with each other. Um, you know, we have a really good group and they've done a great job of bonding and they really love each other and like each other. And I think now we're getting close to practice and stuff. We got the whole group, um, besides Derek, who's out for a little bit. Um, but, uh, we've done, it done a great job, especially I think because most of the basketball started after Tyrese got here. Uh, coach did that purposefully. You know, so he wouldn't miss out on too much. So, you know, I think we're in a good place for where we need to be. Speaking of coach, um, you know, he's a first time head coach. He's got about two and a half games of head coaching experience. And he's he's now the head coach of probably the premier program in the country. 
you know, you, you've talked a little bit about his willingness to kind of do things in, in sort of a new age approach. Um, w- one thing I think the fans are kind of wondering is, you know, we've seen him as an analytics guy. We've seen him as a, as a very personal guy. Do you, does he have it in him to kind of get on guys or is that even a thing in today's game? I mean, you know, for years you had the coach K uh, West point approach. Um, and then you had the assistants there to kind of balance it out. I mean, what are your impressions of Coach Shire in that in that role? I mean, it just seems like, you know, as the fans who have been kind of having the same experience for the last 40 years, it, there's just so many questions about that. Yeah, you know, he's. I think he's done a good job of being able to do it his way. You know, I think the one thing about him is it may not, and it may not be what it has been before, but I think the standard, um, the expectations and everything else will be the same, but he's doing it his way. And, you know, I think the one thing he's able to do in his own way, and he does a great job, is is be uh, brutally honest to the guys. Um, and that's built just off of the relationship he has with them and the relationship he's been able to build, build with them as well. So I think that's the one thing that you'll be able to see um, immediately is just the respect that they have for him and how he's able to coach them and be blatantly honest with them, brutally honest with them and not anyone take it, you know, completely to heart is he going to be ripping off his jacket yelling at the refs <laughs> uh, that's jim Beheim, right yeah, I, know. I, don't, I really i mean he's one of the most competitive people uh you can be around if you've ever spent any time with him um and i don't think he'll get to that extent where he'll get over the top but he, he is no questions he's trying to win I, I guess one of the questions we had about recruiting coach was you know obviously um I mean, we've, we follow it pretty closely and have for, well, I mean, I remember when, when coach Shire was actually in like 16 years old and we were interviewing him. So it gives you an idea <laughs> of how long we've been doing this. Um, <laughs> I, I'm wondering about the, the process of how you guys scout, evaluate, decide to offer, and then decide to make that offer something you're actually going to pursue. I mean, you know, obviously you guys had, um, your recruiting style of late has been, you guys have your classes locked up extraordinarily early for a high major program. You know, is that just something, you know, maybe it's, it's just things falling into place or is this like a concerted effort to, Hey, we want to get the head start on, you know, this year so that we can go into next year. I mean, how does that work? Uh, it's a little bit of both. Um, I think, you know, the best way you kind of do it is, you know, we don't recruit a lot of people. Um, you know, we're not one of those schools that's going to offer 50 people. You know, I think we're probably fall somewhere between eight and 10. And so we really identify, say, probably if you have a class of five, like this upcoming year, you know, that's five out of eight, you know, so we identify who we want and then we're able to really recruit them, um, get to know them really well, recruit them really well, them and their families. Um, get them to understand why this is the best choice for them at Duke um, and why this would be a good fit for them. And then we kind of go from there. I think we, you know, the one thing about our staff looking at it, we're young. Um, so that's kind of, you know, we have a large capacity for recruiting and, and the things that come with it. So so that's a part of it. Um, and we're going to try to stay ahead as much as we can because, you know, you, you always want to be first in anything. So, you know, if we're, if we're able to continue to be first in recruiting and recruiting and do what we've been able to do, then we'll be fine. Well, 
speaking of you guys being young and and John's competitive nature, are you guys playing any basketball? You and Emil and John playing against each other any here that we're not seeing? Or? <laughs> we do. Uh, it started out as basketball when I first got here, probably the first two and a half months. It was we would play like two on two full court, three on three full court, uh, stuff like that. So, but now it, it's trickled its way into tennis. Oh, okay. Uh, so nice. We've been having some tennis, some doubles going on this past you have, month. You have month the and advantage there. Yeah, I'm undefeated. Okay, I'm nice, undefeated. Nice. Yeah. All right. So, so <laughs> I, I will, I will brag on that a little bit. Me and uh, Coach Draghi are undefeated against Emil and John. On the <laughs> basketball side, does the Shire still do the kick his legs out thing on a three pointer and ask? Absolutely. For the <laughs> yes, yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. And now that he's the head coach, everybody's afraid of him and afraid to call the foul and not call a foul. So he gets every call. Yeah. Let's hope that continues into the season. Yep. <laughs> so uh, one last thing about roster building and recruiting. Do you guys, I mean, obviously you said, you know, you, you're very selective. You recruit, you know, maybe eight, 10 guys a, a class. At some point, has there been are there discussions about longevity and continuity? I mean, for the last couple of years, you know, it's from 2015 on at Duke, it started from, you know, maybe one or two one and done guys to, you know, completely refreshing the roster each and every year. Um, yeah, how much does that play into it? I mean, obviously when it's time for a kid to go, he should go. Um, and I'm sure you guys, you know, work with them on that. I just it's just one of those things, you know, for college basketball as a whole, you know, with the NIL, with with the transfer portal, from a fan perspective, you know, sometimes it's hard to to really get to know a team because you know that it's going to be completely different next year. I mean, there's less roster continuity than there is in the pros. And so as a coaching staff, I can't imagine how how difficult that can be from time to time. And, you know, what is do you guys have like a stated approach to that or is it just kind of we're going to take it on a year by year basis? Uh, you almost have to take it on a year-by-year basis now just because of what you're saying with the new rule they just put in uh, that's different from the rule that they put in two years ago is now that you can transfer as many times as you want without penalty. Before you get the one time, you know, you could transfer and play right away, but now it's completely different. So I think it's it's going to get even harder uh, for every school, uh, mid-majors, high-majors, whatever you want to call it, to have juniors and seniors. You know what I mean? I think it's just going to almost be impossible um, because if you're at a mid-major and you have a really good junior, somehow a high major is going to try to, you know, recruit them or poach them. And then if you're at a high major and say a kid who you see as a developmental piece doesn't play by their junior year, they're going to be leaving uh, because they want to go somewhere and play. Uh, So, you know, a lot of it is kind of in flux. And I think, you know, we recruit every kid, especially in high school, to have them for four years. Of course, you know, most of the kids we recruit, their goal is to be one and done. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, and sometimes they may have to stay an extra year or two. Um, so we always view it as that way. Um, and that's always our thought process coming in. And then um, whatever happens, then, you know, you have to kind of adjust. And then you'll be able to tell how the season goes, what guys will be able to leave and what guys will be able to stay. Um, and then that's where the transfer portal and maybe recruiting some high school guys a little bit later comes into play and stuff like that. How, how much do you think, uh, I don't know how much you can talk about it, but how much do you think NIL will impact that at all? Um, we've seen it for maybe a year or so now 
and it's not clear to me exactly how much impact it's going to have. Uh, it's going to have a lot of impact uh, because you just, there's no NCAA rules on it yet. So people are using it in multiple ways that it wasn't necessarily meant to be used. Um, and so, you know, you have a bunch of different factors that come into play with it right now. Um, and I think it'll, it will continue to be something that is a big part of the recruitment until they put some rules on it and, and what it's meant for and how to use it and what it's meant to do. Um, and until that happens, it, it's going to be, you know, it's almost, you just don't know. Uh, last question I had was, you know, obviously it looks to me like with the schedule just being released, you know, the non-conference schedule uh, and then the conference schedule, you know, the early part of the season is just, it's it's going to be like throwing everybody into the fire right away. I mean, yep. you know, you guys start with the the scrimmage against Houston and then you, then you go into, you know, a couple, couple, I don't want to say warm-up games, obviously you want to respect every opponent, but then you know, you get Kansas, then you travel across the country to Oregon, then you come back to Madison Square Garden. It, it just seems like this team has a, a lot of challenges ahead of it. You know, what what are you guys telling the the guys as far as, you know, be ready to go? Because there's really, there's no learning curve here. It's like, you know, it's going to go zero to 100 real fast. Yeah, and that's what we've told them, um, that, you know, November is a fair uh, all the way until December, you know, all the way until December, really, until that Christmas break. Um, but November, especially, uh, you can just kind of see how some of those games come into play. And then you're talking about the first game out the gate in Jacksonville and a team that was, you know, five minutes from being in the NCAA tournament. Um, and they're in their conference and they got everybody back and got some good transfers. Um, you're talking about Bellarmine, who, won the game but couldn't go because they weren't eligible. Um, Delaware, who was in the NCAA, I mean, the schedule, even from what people would consider, you know, kind of, you know, not your big games or big games uh, because those are really good teams. You know, those are first-round NCAA teams. Um, And so, you know, it really is coming out the gate. Like you said, there's no – there's no – we're going to grow – by the experience uh, of what we're getting ourselves into. And then hopefully that continue to pay off in, in March. And, and, and it's good for us and good for the guys because, you know, it help us accelerate that learning curve where you don't have, you know, your first seven games all at home and you're winning by 35 points. You know, it, it'll get these guys to understand the magnitudes of the game uh, quicker. So, you know, that kind of help us kind of accelerate that learning curve where when we're getting into conference and when to start to compete for championship, we know what it's like. So one thing, and I don't want to just put you on the spot because I don't know your musical taste, but CTC is coming up. If you were a player, what what's your intro song that you're coming into? I just want to give the fans Ooh. a little, you know, personal stuff about what, what you like to listen to here. You didn't hear that they're going to make him they're going to make him come out and do karaoke as part of the hazing. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not, but it definitely would be, uh, something Drake. Okay. Um, that's kind of my go-to because he's kind of that good mix between like hip hop, R and B, you know, he can go back and forth. So, you know, it would be definitely something Drake. Okay. Uh, Josh Smith isn't here with us tonight, but I think one year we went to CTC, like, Six out of the twelve, the thirteen intros were Drake songs. So, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. A, I think it's 
it's kind of shifted now. I don't think we have many Drake guys on the team this year. Okay. You know, we got some, I, a little bit different taste. So I don't think I, it may be one Drake song. I can count right. maybe one Drake song. Okay. So we'll set it over under on one. All right. Yeah. Over okay. under on one. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, Coach, for taking the time. Yeah, we really appreciate it. No problem at all. I appreciate y'all for having me. We want to thank uh, Coach Lucas again for coming on to the podcast, sharing his time with us, talk a little bit about the the upcoming season, what brought him to Duke, and, and the vision of the staff going forward. Again, I want to thank John Watson and the Devil's Den. Uh, check us out over there on the boards at thedevilsden.com. Uh, you can email us at thedevilsdenpod at gmail.com. Um, you know, I was really excited listening to this. It was a great job by, by the guys getting this out there. Got me excited for the season and looking forward to it. I particularly really like the Jackson Hayes comp for Lively in terms of just the mobility and what he can do on the floor and the different lineups he talked about and how to use different guys in different different situations. So hopefully you you all enjoyed that. Um, and the season's right around the corner, so we're going to start kind of ramping up a little bit. Look for us to be dropping pods probably once a week. Uh, going forward. But in the meantime, you know, keep the faces strong in the verve. Go do. To-